are you going? I have to produce Untold Podcast! There's too much going on! You don't have time! But it's episode 100! Welcome to the Untold Podcast, capturing the culture's imagination through speculative fiction. I'm your host, Kristen Lee Norman. This is episode 100 of the Untold Podcast. We've been telling stories for over seven years, 50 hours worth. There have been bumps and disruptions along the way, but we believe in the power of story to change hearts. So we will always be committed to telling stories by great authors. Today's story was written by my husband and the producer of this podcast, Nathan James Norman. Nathan hails from New York State. Go to New York, New York, where the lights light up the show. Go to New York. Nathan James Norman is a husband, father, and pastor. He is the senior pastor of the Orchard Church in Northern Michigan. He also serves in Vietnam with Crosstalk Global. In addition to ministry service, he is an author, audio producer, and collaborator with the newly launched Supersonic Pod Comics. You can find his blog at www.nathanjamesnorman.com. His sermons are posted weekly at www.orchardchurch.net. Check the show notes for all the direct links. So now, without further ado, the Untold Podcast presents episode 100, Untold Realities, by Nathan James Norman. spider crashed one of its mechanical legs into the makeshift catapult. Fall back, Lord Nazareth ordered. Thirty or so tusk-faced freedom fighters ran past their would-be savior. They clutched their blasters, looking for shelter in the foothills behind the village. The mechanical spider swept another leg across a cluster of home pods. Thank God we evacuated, thought Nazareth. He unsheathed the blade from his back and charged the guardian. A hum followed by green energy surrounded the blade. The skull spider was a doomsday weapon sent by the snarl contingency to put down the rebellion on the slave farms. Now it was drawn to the emerald light dancing on the blade. In the weeks before, Nazareth had defeated the other two skull spiders in the contingency's arsenal. This was the last one. If he could take it down, the people of this world would be able to stage a successful war for independence before another spider could be built. Although he was never certain, 
he assumed this was the purpose he had been sent through the portals into this realm. Before he could discharge the Guardian at the massive machine, it bore down on him. He dove away from the metal leg, then spun on the ground, avoiding three more strikes. Another strike caught his left calf, and Nazareth let out a guttural yell. Years ago, his reflexes were much more honed. His pain tolerance used to be much higher, too. After 20 years of this, though, his body was slowing down. True, with age, he gained wisdom. A wisdom that caused him to evacuate the pods and draw out the skull spiders instead of facing them head on. But all the wisdom of Solomon couldn't give his body the sweet swiftness of youth. Gritting through the pain, he shot a bolt of green energy from the blade into the underside of the mechanical creature. He knew it wasn't a critical area on the machine, but it bought him enough time to stand up under the pain and charge the Guardian again. Wisdom. Limping, Nazareth swung the blade into the nearest leg. Energy enveloped the leg, traveling up the joint until it exploded off of the body. The skull spider shrieked, and its body fell toward the ground at the sudden imbalance. It began compensating a moment later, but it was too late. Nazareth swung his blade into the skull. The energy from his guardian poured past the head, down the body, and into the reactor engine of the creature. The skull spider flailed as tiny explosions tore it apart. One of its legs pierced Nazareth's stomach. He yelled, frustrated. Moments later, the freedom fighters came to his side, trying to heal their liberator with mountain remedies. One of the freedom fighters, Chkal, brought his tusks low to Nazareth's head as he cradled his face. We will sing songs of you for generations and build statues to honor your sacrifice. Just be free. Just be free to call and lead through service. Nazareth mumbled. I was hoping I wouldn't have to die this time. Chikal said, My lord, stomach wounds are the most painful way to go. And then he died. He died as he had hundreds of times before. And then Nazareth once again entered the portal. Flashes of worlds and universes passed by him. A message flashed in the sky for millennia. It looks like it says, I am here. Herod the Great. What do you want? A gnome or dwarf with a rocket launcher. A postman on a two-legged horse creature. Laertes Bush saw tooth parcels and letters. Finally, he came to a rest at the place. He was never certain where this place was. The vanishing point on the horizon? The end of time? The beginning of time? 
he was unsure. It was a dark slab of rock, hovering in the sea of the stars, quasars and galaxies rotating overhead with hues of blues and greens and purples. Before him stood the angel, Artavan, his constant companion for the last twenty years. Well done, Nazareth. Your efforts will free thousands of people. The angel spread, then folded his wings. A flaming sword burned in its sheath at the angel's side, yet it did not consume the angel. Nazareth felt his stomach. It was unscarred. He unbuckled the sheath around his back and let the guardian strike the rock floor. His metal gauntlets hit the ground next, followed by his chainmail shirt. <sighs> I grow tired of this, Artavan. The angel bowed his head. I know, and yet the universe must be unified. I arrive in a new realm, completely alien to me. Defeat some evil force by preventing them from hearing the name, and usually die painfully. Even in the gracious few instances I get to travel the portals back to this place, I am still given no rest. The angel frowned. God has given you this task. I have given up everything for this. I still don't know my origins. I am exhausted beyond my ability to function. I miss my wife every day. Every day! Artavan took a step forward, but Nazareth stepped back and put up his hands as if defending against an assault. The angel frowned. It is worse than you know. Not only have you been apart from Lady Talia for 18 years, your son has also grown up without a father. My what? Nazareth burned. My son? He staggered as if the wounds in his calf and stomach had reappeared, then fell upon the rock. I had only the one time, once. And I warned you all those years ago when you returned that there would be consequences. It's not wrong for a man to know his wife. It is when you choose it over saving your friends from torture, the angel said. Nazareth still sat on the ground, his head now in his hands. Why didn't you tell me about my son? The angel remained silent. A breeze passed between them, moving out into the deeper reaches of the stars. I am not going. I'm done. Nazareth sat. The breeze persisted and grew. Artavan said, there are demons in this realm you are being sent to. The breeze was now a wind. It began to call to the warrior with a howl. The wind picked up the gauntlets, then the chainmail, then the guardian. And finally, Lord Nazareth. The travel was at once familiar and alien. 
As always, he passed through swirling colors, a viscous membrane that felt wet but never soaked him. He passed by world after world, picture after picture, scene after scene of alien landscapes and untold realities. A woman carrying the only light in a dark cavern. Inside the lantern, of course, shone the blinding light, intense as love. An orange market and a saw. Necromantic summonings and a spigot. A small robot fighting much larger machines. Arms sprawl, the battles join. XV begins to hum. Little creatures digging a pit. A lone cat traversing through space. There once was a cat. There once was a cat in space. There once was a cat in space named Cat. Nazareth emerged in a forest meadow. His armor and guardian were once again fastened onto his body in the usual places. The warm air felt good, but a little strange. The sun looked like most suns Nazareth had seen, but slightly more orange than yellow. Birds and insects warbled and buzzed, but with a different song and strange tone to his ears. The wind carried loathsome voices through the trees and into the meadow. Foul voices Nazareth recognized. The rasp, tilted vowels, and cadence were familiar to the traveler of the realms. Demons, he muttered. He unsheathed the guardian from his back, but did not charge the blade. Taking careful steps into the forest, the voices became clear. Nazareth stopped when he saw the two creatures conversing in another meadow. It was odd for him to see these denizens of hell in their full demonic form conversing in broad daylight their sulfurish stench contrasting with an otherwise perfect day. Yellow eyes, blackened red skin, jagged black metal armor. What's more, he recognized the one. Noanon, the deceiver, eater of worlds. How many times had he defeated this creature? How many times had he exorcised this monster to the abyss? Noanon had not appeared to him in years, and yet here he was again, an endless enemy in a relentless war. The demon spoke. This realm will be fractured away. His companion, a fiend Nazareth did not recognize, responded. At your word. And then they blinked out of sight, with only the trailing scent of sulfur left behind. Why? Nazareth hissed to the heavens. I have followed you, and you show me nothing but demons, ugliness, and pain. 
You have hidden away a son I did not know I had, and my wife I have longed for, yet do not see. I am done. No more. But what now? Where could he go? What could he do? Nazareth began this journey years ago, not quite an adult at the beginning. Ever since his first death, he had been subject to the direction and whims of the angels. He possessed free choice within the realms he was sent into, but his ultimate destination was always predetermined for him. He was trapped in the will of God. It was not a new realization, but he had never defined it so succinctly. The definition was the culmination of years of fatigue and frustration. There was nowhere for him to go. He knew he was still trapped. There was nothing he could do. So, the warrior of the realms walked. He walked in the knowledge the wind could catch him up at any moment. But still he walked through the meadows and the forest until he emerged on the edge of civilization in this world. Dirt roads led to asphalt streets and concrete homes. Wheeled, angular vehicles drove across the streets at unimpressive speeds. The roads themselves twisted in arcs rather than forming logical straight lines. People walked the streets, human like himself but with violet and indigo skin. They gave him sideway glances, probably more due to his armament than skin color. As he walked, the sky grew darker and both pedestrians and motorists stopped. What does that cloud look like to you? Whispered murmurs began asking. Just a cloud. No, a bird. A bird with a long neck. Just a cloud. A dragon. A dragon. At first, Nazareth could not see the shape. The people began ducking into the nearest cement homes and buildings, abandoning their vehicles. Just as the streets cleared, he could see the shape of the dragon in the clouds. Rather, he could see, and its serpentine body began to slink against the winds. The cloud was alive. Get in here! A woman's voice cut through the wind. Nazareth turned. He couldn't see anyone, but a metal door was cracked open. Running for it, the door swung open as he approached. A roar sounded behind him. He slammed the door closed behind himself. Outside, burning and roars and flashes of light. In the distance, he heard shrieks and cries for help cut short. A woman whispers in the dark room. What were you doing out there? It was practically a hiss. 
When he first began traversing the realms, he found these initial contacts extraordinarily difficult. Now, it was a script for him to follow. Excuse me. As you can tell from my appearance, I am not from around here. I don't understand what is happening. Can you explain it to me? He said. The woman, obscured by shadow, leaned back, hesitant. The clouds sometimes bring water, sometimes take form. If the form is gentle, it is an omen of good. But if it is malicious, it brings destruction upon our streets. Has it always been like this? She shook her head. No. A generation ago, the shapes in the clouds began to take life. At first, they were benevolent. A turtle, a beaver, a crane. But then, they also became malicious. Nazareth could feel himself slipping back into his role. His ill-defined role of... what? Liberator? Hero? Evangelist? Universe healer? He pushed down the question and shook it off. Okay, thank you for the information. I'll be sure to watch the clouds. Then, sulfur. The stench of hellfire and brimstone. As he grabbed for his blade, a flash of fire filled the room. Knocked back by the flames, the guardian fell to the floor. A boot or maybe a hoof, kicked him across the face. He tried to stand, but clawed hands wrenched his arms behind his back and forced him to kneel on the hard surface. Noanon stood before him. Horns, red leather skin, spiked teeth, yellow eyes. This realm is ours, Nyrat. The demon spoke a dead name from a life long past. From now and forevermore, he was Nazareth. Fine, you can have it. Noanon hesitated, something Nazareth had never seen the demon do. The monster smiled in realization. You have retired from unifying. Eyes on the floor, Nazareth said, Yes. The demon that held his arms hissed, Call on him, say the name, and be saved. He was so tired. Nazareth hated these creatures. He wanted to be free, but to say the name would mean to enter the fight the never-ending struggle once again. No, truly, Noanon said. Let him go, Cobbin. Cobbin hesitated, but released Nazareth. The man stood. Here is your blade. Noanon backed away from the guardian on the floor. Charge it. Strike me down. Strike us both down. Do it in his name. Save this realm. Now, Nazareth hesitated. He stepped forward, and as he bent down to pick up his weapon, Noanon unsheathed his dark sword. It burned with red and black fire. Nazareth knew the blade well. 
it had caused his first death. Noanon smiled. It has been years since we have fought so openly. In the corner, a small whimper. The woman. Nazareth ground his teeth, charged the guardian. Gripping it in both hands, he tilted the blade toward his body. I am done with this. He sliced the edge into his neck. Crimson blood mixed with emerald energy. His body fell to the ground, and all went dark. Black. Nazareth could see nothing. Everything was still and dark and silent. No, not still. A gray wisp of smoke passed by him, barely contrasting against the blackness surrounding him. He was moving, as if beyond the realms, but this was different. The swirling colors were all gone. In another moment, he passed by an angel collecting meat. A crooked priest hiding from slavers. A lone dragon. The Earl King himself. A demon in a race car. Squirrels in a machine. A slaughterhouse for men. The realms at last stopped. He stood on broken asphalt decaying to loose pebbles. It was light outside, but overcast and cold. The matted grass encroaching on the edge of the asphalt was brown and yellow. To the side of the asphalt was a modest house. The shingles on the side were yellow. The paint was faded and chipping. This was surrounded by a dark green-gray trim. At the end of the asphalt, perpendicular to the house, was a garage. Nazareth had never seen a building like this, but somehow he knew it was called a garage. The yellow paint on the garage was flaking more than on the house. Above the yellowing garage door was a white baseboard, bolted and centered on the building. A faded outline of a box was on the face of the baseboard, outlined in dust and dirt and discoloration. Just below the box, a metal hoop was attached. It hovered perpendicular to the broken asphalt below it. Covered in rust, small flecks of orange paint were visible. This is the saddest sight in all of creation. Artivan emerged from between the gap in the two buildings. In my humble but correct opinion, Nazareth looked at the angel. 
His clothes were gray. His folded wings looked darker than usual. The sword at his side did not burn. A well-worn basketball hoop, the angel said, hanging over an aging garage, unused for decades, but not removed in the hopes that one day a child or grandchild will come back to use it. They never will. The hoop will last longer than their hopes as they pass into death. Once again, Nazareth looked at the hoop and the house. He could not remember seeing them, but they felt like home. His mind flashed back to the room with Noanon and the woman who had tried to save him from the cloud monster. He left her there, with the demons. The burning rage was no longer there. The simmering resentment was mostly gone now, too. In their place, shame. Can I go back? He said to the angel. Artavon gave a weak smile that somehow looked more like a frown. You know this hoop is supposed to have a net hanging off of it, and a ball about this big, he gestured with his hands. Nazareth could see it in his mind's eye. The angel continued, It's still a basketball hoop, but it is not complete. Can I go back? He was more desperate now. No. That story will never be told. A manuscript put away in a drawer and forgotten for all eternity. The universe diminished for that loss. Can I be forgiven? Artavon stepped closer and put the palm of his hand on the cheek of Nazareth. Always. So what now? Artavon looked back at the house. You have a decision. You can stay here and find some happiness now, or you can step back through the portals and face misery and pain throughout the realms. Nazareth asked, and find greater happiness at the end? And fulfill your calling, the angel said. Artavan's face softened just a bit. The universe is still fractured, the people in these broken realms need your help. They have overcome their own demons to live out their stories, to tell their stories. Now you need to overcome yours to make sure they are heard. But it's so hard, and I am so alone. Dear Nazareth, you are never alone. He is always with you even to the end of time. Nazareth lowered his head, covering his face with his hands. When he looked up, Artavan was holding an orange ball. On instinct, he took it from the angel, held it in both hands above his head, and threw it toward the hoop. It bounced off the backboard and fell neatly into the hoop. Swish. Nazareth passed, a woman with fangs crying out to God. I'm damned, I know, I know, but somewhere there's life. Someone in the future and in the past, someone's overcoming. A pregnant man, all those bulging bellies. 
a Viking holding a small girl. Spaceships battling among the stars. A snake in a mech suit. A soldier riding a dragon in space. A fairy in a bulb. A rocket in a prairie. A man in a pit. The flashes came faster, faster than he could comprehend. He didn't know where he was going, but he knew he was needed, and it would be unlike anything he could have imagined himself. And he was confident he would emerge from the portal in seconds, into realms untold. And that was our hundredth story. I hope you liked it. Over 20 years ago, Nathan wrote his first and only novel entitled Untold. Today's story tells more of that story 20 years later. The book is out of print now and a little outdated. He was only 16 when he wrote it. But all of our current patrons will have access to the ebook. And moving forward, all of our future patrons at the $5 and higher level will have access to the ebook. The book will be available to patrons at the beginning of August. Before we go, Remember that this podcast is part of the Christian Geek Central Network at ChristianGeekCentral.com. Please remember to like our Facebook page, follow us on Twitter, blog about us, leave us a nice review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you find us. Support us on Patreon and tell your friends. The Untold Podcast has been funded by Jason Brannon, Jen Finelli, Fred Heimbaugh, Clayton Webb, Parker J. Cole, Laura Van Arendach Baugh, Amy Winters Voss, Mike and Andrew Williams, Spear Blade Productions, The Retro Rewind Podcast, Rudy Diaz, 
Jackie Hanna, Deborah Dunson, Amanda St. John, G.S. Muse, and Nathan and Casey Butler. Leading us out today is the song Made for This by the Christian indie rock band Carrollton. Thank you for listening for 100 episodes. We're looking forward to the next 100. Until next time, I'm Kristen L. Norman, hoping you are trapped in the will of God. I take a breath I'm not gonna lose This is what I came here to do Whoa!